Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Gila. I'm Gila Glassberg and in today's episode, Danielle Zarnest, my guest host while I'm on maternity leave, is interviewing her good friend, Ashley Cohen, who's actually a friend of mine from the community. And um, as you'll hear on the podcast, um, Ashley is really um, a very important member of this Woodmere community. She actually started something that we call Girls Night Out. It's uh, once a month we all get together and uh, we'll do a listen, we'll hear a share or somebody in the group will volunteer their skill. Like one month I did um, smoothie making and, men- and menu planning. Um, Rifkala Sobal did her cupcake decorating and Danielle is always hosting really fun things. So if you're in the five towns, feel free to reach out. And as you'll hear in the episode, Ashley has a really beautiful, moving, interesting story about how she became religious. Um, how she uses uses her skills to connect people. She's now starting her own coaching company, and she is actually a mental health counselor. Um, and she her story is really moving. And um, Danielle did the episode. It, it sort of um, has a natural break in the middle, so I'm going to be releasing it as a part one and as a part two. So listen this week and listen next week. Uh, if you like this episode, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well as the YouTube channel. Follow me on Instagram at RD to learn more about intuitive eating, health at every size, body positivity. Um, as of next week, I am going to slowly be taking on, um, taking on clients and getting back to work. So feel free to reach out to me at GilaGlassberg. 18 at gmail.com or just directly reach out to me via my website kilaglassberg.com and enjoy the episode have a great day hi everyone and welcome to my podcast get into it with gila i know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration powerful tools and insights and valuable knowledge if you want more of this please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on instagram at gilaglassberg I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. I have come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, This podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Gila. I'm Danielle and I'm your guest host. Today I have my really good friend Ashley Cohen. Hi Ashley. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you today and to talk to you. Ashley, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I live in the five towns. Um, I have four kids, thank God, Um, six and under, one girl, three boys. Um, And I'm sure everything else we're gonna get into in this whole thing. I work for the OU, for Queens College, um, with some really amazing college girls and I'm starting a coaching practice and beautiful. So there's so many topics we can get into. You and I, we bounce off each other. We talk about so many great things. That's why when Gila gave me this opportunity to do the podcast, I right away said, oh, Ashley Cohen is going to be one of the first people I have. 
because we basically we voice note each other a lot and basically have our own podcast so, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we just don't mm-hmm. we don't show people <laughs> and um so I just wanted to start with I guess your journey and how you grew up and where you are now you're you were a secular person you grew up in Dix Hills New York you went to Indiana University to study fashion and today you're orthodox and you're you have a coaching practice like tell us a little bit about that so sometimes when I give my whole story over, oh gosh, sorry. Quick, quick break. Do you know what that alarm was? That was reminder that Hashem is here. <laughs> oh, um, my baby here is he says Hashem is here. So that's the alarm. Hashem, but my kids always say, Hashem is always here. That's just a reminder. Hashem is always here. That's just a reminder. So okay, we wanted to be reminded during the during this that Hashem is here. Um, okay, so yeah, when I tell my story, obviously it takes me a whole hour. So to try and con, you know, make it concise. Yes, I grew up in New York. I grew up in a conservative Jewish home. Um, it was more Jewish infused than some of my friends, meaning like there was a strong presence of Judaism in my life. Um, My parents made us very like proud Jews. You have to love Jews and you have to marry a Jew. But the experience of being Jewish was very cultural. We did do Shabbat dinners Friday night, which then ended with TGIF, which was, do you remember TGIF? Thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's Friday. It was a TV channel. It wasn't really the channel. It was like a feature on on TV where like they had Boy Meets World and Mary-Kate and Ashley shows and stuff like that. So we used to like have our Shabbat dinner. We would do the lighting of the candles and the challah, et cetera. And then after we would like go watch TGIF, which was so much fun to me. But then Saturday was a normal day, you know? And um, I basically grew up like that. And then I went to Hebrew school, kicking and screaming. Like I seemed in theory, like the last ever candidate to be Orthodox, at least to my parents' point of view. I, I just have to interrupt you because my husband also is about Shuba, Moshe. Right. And he has these awful memories of Hebrew school. He right. said, and it's so common. You know what I mean? Oh my goodness. He used to dread going and, and you know, he's, you would never know that looking at him now, but something about Hebrew yeah. school. But you know what? I actually think, because there are some people who like it, and I don't, I'm not saying that they wouldn't become from, but I'm saying I think it's because maybe like Moshe and like myself, we were yearning for more and we were not getting it there. Now we might not have even known that we could get it there, but all I remember being was like, they learn alphabet and teach you like really cheesy songs. And there was no mention of God from my memory. And like, I just hated it, like literally hated it. And to me, that was obviously my introduction into Judaism outside of anything I did at home. So I didn't think anything had to do with me. So when I went to college, I was an atheist, first of all, um, both my siblings were and are, and I, was the kind of atheist who was like, but Hashem, if you, ex- well, I didn't know the word Hashem. God, if you still exist, don't be mad at me. You know, that kind of atheist, a little bit unsure, but so really I was agnostic, but I don't think I knew that word at, you know, 18. So because I didn't know that Judaism had anything to do with, with God. So that was like a separate thing. And Judaism was sort of like, please your parents, right? So you like do services in college because like you want your parents to be proud of you. Um, but basically along this journey, which I'm going to try and make shorter, I've always been someone who's yearning for meaning and spirituality. Even since I was a little girl, I really think I spoke to God, not fully understanding what I was doing. I would journal to God. I would speak out to God. And um, I really think that's why Hashem guided me. I really see the hashkacha in my whole life of you reached out to me, so I'm going to bring you to me. 
And I always felt like life has to have a purpose. This was like a very important thing to me, even when I was young. Why do I exist? I used to ask my parents questions that they were like, I, you know, they didn't have answers to, but I was constantly asking like, why are there people like, why do we exist on this earth? And what's my purpose here? And no one to answer. So it kept taking on different meanings. It took on be famous because you don't want to die and have your name forgotten. So you must be immortal, right? Be on a billboard. That's what I thought I had to do. And then when I got to college, it was YOLO. You only live once. So you better have fun, right? I have to have fun in my life because, right? And then it became a search for meaning when I finally got introduced to spirituality. And it's interesting that when you were like in college, like saying, oh, like, you know, I'm going to have fun. You actually, even though it sounds like a soup, you know, a superficial, just having fun, you actually had a meaning behind it a little bit. Yeah, isn't that funny? I mean, it's like, it's so odd because I don't know if everyone's mind works this way, but I've just like realized in retrospect that my brain has always been controlled by that, you know? Like like I know you were in a sorority and like, you know, like you were doing it intentionally with like meaning. Well, it's funny because obviously on a day-to-day basis, you're not thinking about it. You know, I was in a sorority, we had parties like every other night, you know? But I think that that's just how I function. Like in the back of my mind, I have to know why I'm doing things. But in the forefront of my mind, when we had a dress up party at a fraternity every other night, probably didn't seem so obvious, right? But I needed to be able to like justify why am I living this way? Do you know what I mean? Right, to feel good about it. That makes sense. Yeah, everyone around me was living that way. And I wanted to understand why, you know? So like, okay, I guess it's, I guess if I, no one ever gave me an answer and now I'm an atheist. And so I guess it's just to have fun, right? But then this journey started in the background through the secret, which is something I'm very into again now, but I'm finding the Jewish way in, which is a different conversation, but I- What's the secret? I never heard of that. The secret is a movie and a book. And basically I could literally talk about this for an hour, Danielle, but the movie and the book is about this thing called the law of attraction. That's the secret. And the secret is that when you think things will turn out good, good comes to you. Or when you feel good and believe you will get positive outcomes, you will. So obviously the secret in the, the documentary, The Secret, doesn't say God, it says the universe. So it's missing something really crucial that we believe, right? Right. But I think a lot of their concept, because I've been really researching it lately, is Jewish minus this really important part, which is God, right? Because God runs the world and that means there are things out of our control. However, there's a lot of Jewish thought on think good and it will be good, um, especially in Hasidic work. And so that though, interestingly enough, led me to spirituality, which led me to accidentally meeting a rabbi. I really met him to do birthright in that time of meeting the rabbi. This was in college. In college still. At first it was just like, I want to do birthright. I have no interest in speaking to a rabbi, you know? Right. And he kept calling me up to invite me to events and my friends would laugh, you know, like, why is a rabbi calling you? They thought he was like an old man with a white beard. You know, you, you're the young guy with a family. But I was like, yeah, I'm too cool. You know, like I'm not going to the, I'm not going to the rabbi's things. But in the background, all this other stuff was happening about spirituality. And all my friends in my sorority were non-Jewish girls. And they were really amazing. Oh, people. you weren't in a Jewish sorority then? I was not in a Jewish sorority. Oh, wow. And I only had one Jewish girlfriend. She's the one who's going to do birthright with me. But all my other friends that were girls, were non-Jewish and they were from like Indiana and Ohio and all those places. And they were really sweet, really awesome girls, but they used to say something that I thought was funny. They would be like, I'm such a bad Catholic. I haven't been to church in forever or Christian, you know, whatever. And I would just hear them say this. And I was always talking to one of my friends about God. Happens to be, she was dating a Jewish guy at the time. They broke up since. And she liked talking about religion. And I was just fascinated to talk about God for whatever reason. I just, 
we would go to a party and we'd wind up in the bathroom talking about God. And we were just talking about God all the time. I really wish I could be a fly on the wall because what could I have said if I didn't know God yet? I don't know. But we were talking about God all the time. I was just fascinated and so was she. So one day, as Hashkacha would have it, the day before a third meeting with this rabbi to interview me for birthright, I'm sitting with her in the bookstore. We're supposed to be studying, but what are we doing? Talking about God. And all of a sudden, I'm also into the secret, like I said, and all the spirituality. And all of a sudden, this idea pops into my head. It was like a light bulb. And I said to her, Alyssa, when you go to church, because they're, right, they're always complaining about not going to church. Why do they care, right? I said to myself, you never hear a Jew saying, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad Jew. I haven't been to temple in forever, right? That was not a statement of a Jew. There was no statement. So I turned to her and I said, Alyssa, when you go to church, do you feel spiritual? She was like, yeah, yeah, I really do. And like a light bulb went off my brain, not because I wanted to be Catholic or Christian or convert, but because I realized religion and spirituality might be connected. Something I had literally never considered, which might sound odd to someone raised with any level of Torah, to me, it was completely different universes until that moment. I did not know spiritual life had anything to do with religious life because like I said, it wasn't part of my upbringing. But do you feel like you were always naturally a little spiritual the way you yeah. were always questioning it? Okay. Absolutely, but I had no idea to look at Judaism. So I didn't know where. Ah, so that's kind of what got you looking at Judaism because you knew right. you had and a I spiritual think, component in you. Well, unintentionally at first, right? Because right. I was looking at the secret and I was looking at like some books on Buddhism and like, I think for someone who's spiritual, when you're in college, it's natural to like try and find it. Whereas when I was younger, I didn't even know where to try and find anything, you know? Um, and I think that's why I'm saying Hashem was such hashkacha because he put this rabbi who was an Orthodox Kiru rabbi in my life. But if he hadn't, I don't know where I'd be today, really, because I was inevitably going to keep searching for spirituality. It's like ingrained in who I am. Um, yeah, even so I didn't know you looked into Buddh Buddhism. That's like a new thing for me to hear. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, I was saying to, when I gave my story over the other day, I, I gave it over to a bunch of Hank seniors, and I said to them, if I hadn't met that rabbi in college, I would have been one of those stories where I wound up on an ashram. I said, maybe I would have come to Orthodox Judaism after, but I was like, I probably would have had the ashram. And they didn't know what an ashram was. So I'd tell them it's a meditation place in India, you know, people go and sit. I was like, I would have probably wound up there because I was so yearning. And if no one had showed me, hey, it's in this thing that you already have, I, I would not have known to look. So, so that really you found it so young, you know what I mean? Like you found it young in college before you were- it was such a blessing that I found it when I did. You know, for everything else that comes after too, my life I have now, but it was. And when I spoke to the rabbi the next day, we saw her talking about things and I was, my ears were open. Do you know what I mean? My mind was open. Yes, it was like an epiphany you had the night before. An epiphany. So when he said relationship to God, which is a term I'd never heard in my life, like we take for granted, I literally never heard of a relationship with a God, let alone, right? It's a relationship to God, Yitzhahara, Yitzhah Tov. Those concepts were fascinating, beyond fascinating to me. And then he said, he's looking for his mission. And I was like, oh my gosh, you, this like Orthodox rabbi man is doing the same thing as me. And in my life, no one else had ever said that but me. So I thought like, what do we have in common? Like, this seems weird. Why would I have anything to do with you? I'm this fashion major, sorority girl. What do I have to do with a rabbi, you know? But him saying that, that hooked me. And that's when like the search in Judaism really began because I was like, if there's mission and purpose and spirituality in Judaism, which is already mine, right? Right. I'm gonna look. And that's where the journey towards that really began. You know, there was a lot of ups and downs after that. But that's where the journey towards religion in Judaism 
finding Torah. That's where that began. Wow. Okay, so you were at you were in college with this rabbi. You had these epiphanies about spirituality and religion. And then, so what was after that? Did you go to birthright or did you go to seminary? I did birthright with that rabbi. Okay. In love and love and love with Art Israel, particularly Tzfat. Why? Because it feels more spiritual. Because why? It feels the most spiritual. That's right. right, right. Sure. Like, I am, of course, also does. But you know, spot when you first see it, it's like, you know, this is where I can meditate on the on a mountain, but Jewish, right? I still want that, by the way. I'm totally a closet hippie who wants to be meditating on mountaintops and spot. Um, my lifestyle just doesn't allow it, but that's what I want. I, I can One day. why don't we do that? Um the reason it's not the best situation in the world to raise your kids in, but that's that's why I'm not meditating on a mountain spot. Um, so I did birthright with him and then I called my mother and I was like, I want to extend, you know, like everyone extends their trip. Yeah, of course. I had just studied in, in London for four months, thankfully for a study abroad. So she was like, absolutely not. You've been away long enough. You're coming home. So I said, okay, no problem. Just so you know, when I graduate college, I'm going to go back to Israel. Right. You know, they thought it was a phase. They were like, our fashion sorority daughter is like going some funny phase. You know what I mean? Like, she's not going to do this. But I, that was set. Like, I didn't even know what I was going to do in Israel, but I was set on this. I was like, that's what I'm doing. Um, so you, you came home after birth rate though? I came right. home. I spent another year of college up anyway. I do oh, yes, college. yes. You had college. Okay. I had another year of college, but that whole year was another part of the journey. You know, I would learn with the rabbi every week. Um, and what I always say to the girls when I give over my story is I was partying and I was hanging out in a sorority. However, those meetings with the rabbi were absolutely, and I, said, I don't say this now, I actually thought it then, the best part of my week. I lived for those meetings with the rabbi. Nothing else I was doing was as good. It seems from the outside, like, oh my gosh, her life was so fun and glamorous. And yeah, from the outside it was, I lived in a mansion, we had maids, we had chefs, we literally didn't lift a finger. And we had these like nice homes, to, you know, it was really like the sororities you see on a movie, you know, with like a mansion. Right and having fun all the time. And, you know, it was um, spoiled in that respect, right? But I lived for those meetings with the rabbi. If I could go back in time and relive them, I would because they were like the best experiences ever. And he said to me, he's like, you're the only student who never cancels and is always on time. And I was like, because rabbi, I like live for them. Like I absolutely loved them. I ate them up with a spoon. I could have done it all day. Uh, and that was my finding God. Like that's what those meetings were. And it's such like a special thing for people to hear, for myself to hear, because a lot of times, you know, you, you're in your life and you think, oh, what's it like on the other side? Maybe, especially someone that maybe only grew up Orthodox and that's all they know, they look at the external world, the secular world, and they think, what am I missing? So it's just really nice to hear someone firsthand who was immersed in that world, but lived for the weekly sessions with the rabbi. That's why I always highlight it because I, and I, that's why I say so clearly, I'm not saying it now. I'm not like trying to convince these girls of something. It was true. Like I really loved it more than anything else, you know, because everything else was empty. Everything else was shallow. Everything else felt bad after. It wasn't authentic for you. No, not at all. And it was, that was a, that's a perfect word for it because I think that's why it hurt me so much in a sense. You know, I wouldn't feel good after I was, it was so inauthentic to me particularly, but the meetings were so authentic and I was able to find that. And yeah, so that led to seminary. I mean, I actually was debating and you're, I don't know if I ever told you this, that we've talked about a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you this because you're going to think this is funny. The way I grew up, 
everything I liked, I was trying to figure out how I could make a career out of it, you know? So if I started liking something, I was like, how can I make it into a job? And um, so I was like, should I be a woman rabbi or should I become from? Like, literally, I was like back and forth on those two points. Like, well, maybe I'll be a woman rabbi in like a conservative reform, whatever it was, shul. And I was like constantly debating these two things, like as funny as that might sound. Imagine that rabbi, rabbi Ashley. Rabbi Ashley. I like wanted to like, you know, give sermons, but honestly, it's, it's funny because like you can do it in, in the from world in a, in a better way, you know, right. but I, I think I just wanted, I always had it in me to like um, educate and like, you know, mentor. So I still have that, but in a better way. Right. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't think I ever yeah. told you. That, though. No, I never knew that. It's so funny. So wait, okay. So you went to, you went to seminary then after that, and then probably that you were, that was like a springboard to so much growth that you probably, you had like real exposure, real learning. You made all these connections. You went on Shabbos, you know, went to different places for Shabbos. Right. That's probably, I, I relate to that experience with my own. Right. Also. For sure. And it wound up being two years. I mean, there, there was a break in where I came home and one of my like, you know, epiphanies again was when I was back, I was just like, all I want is to be back in Eretz Yisrael and learning Torah. And so I found the courage again, which was kind of a crazy time for me to get myself back there with no money and no support from my, you know, no one really wanted me to go back to Israel. They wanted me to get a job, but you worked in people's homes, right? Uh, no, that was an idea I had when I wanted to, when I was done with seminary, I wanted to stay in Israel. So I was like, I'll just be a nanny in someone's home, but Hashem kicked me out because oh. anyway. I had this plan and somehow I wound up back in America, which was a, a bracha. I met my husband soon after, but no, I, I was just in seminary at that time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so now, okay. So then you came back from seminary, met your husband and um, began just living in the, in this area. Yeah. My husband grew up in Woodmere. So we just kind of moved in. And at that time, when we got married, I was getting my mental health counseling. Well, actually first it was a school counseling masters from Queens college. I got two masters. First I got school counseling. So that's why we stayed in Woodmere though. Cause I was in Queens college anyway for a master's. And then eventually when I had my daughter, I went back. I mean, I had my daughter while I was in my master's program, right? right. So I went back for a mental health counseling master's after that. Wow. Okay. And right now, so now I know you, well, now I don't, you know, you're doing it now still, I believe, but in addition to starting your coaching practice, you also work at Queens College, right? Right. Okay. So tell us a little bit about what you do there right now. So I work for the OU JLIC. JLIC is Jewish Learning Initiative on campus. Okay. And there's many OUJLICs around the world, really, not even just globally, but on different campuses. And typically it's a rabbi and a rabbitson, and they, but they don't do Kiruv. It's not like, you know, mayor. Or, they're on campus to really service um, students who grew up with some level of Torah and Yiddishkeit. So of course they won't, don't turn anyone away, but I'm saying the goal is keep them connected even when they went off to a campus, give them minion, give them, you know, mentorship, give them, of course, shiurim and classes and et cetera. On Queens College campus, we're slightly more unique in the sense that, of course, a ton of Jewish students are there and they could even be living at home in their community still, right? That's why it's like a little bit more unique. But there's a rabbi and rabbitson who are great and they live right off campus and they do the men's and the co-ed programming. And because it's such a large campus, they also have me and I do the women's programming. So I do, uh, I plan events, I give classes, I do a lot of mentorship. Um, and then I essentially do a lot of dating coaching. Cause like I always say, 
at that age, what does a girl want to speak about? She came back from seminary. Now she's 18, 19, 20 years old. We talk about dating a lot. So I give classes, I plan classes, and then I, I speak to the girls about different things coming up in life. Wow. I remember when I was in Queens College, I did go to some of these JLIC classes and they were great. They really helped me. Yeah, I, I always really hope that they're like, you know, connecting for people. And I think for one of the things I found is the one-on-one connections I get with the students is really the best thing. Like the events are nice, the shurim are great, it's fun for me to give, but I find that when I can make a connection with a student and that bond sometimes, you know, I'm still in touch with some of them, meaning I haven't been there that many years, but they might graduate and and or get married and whatever, and they'll still call me to say, what do you think about this? Can you help me with this issue or whatever? And to me, that's the best part. That's what I want. And I think that's what they want. Whether they always know it or not, that's what they want is a relationship. Right, I'm sure. So now, so now you're you're um, you're starting your own practice. I believe you started already pretty recently. So I'm sure part of why you did that is because in Queens College you love this connection with the students. So now I'm sure as a coach you're getting even like a deeper connection with your one-on-one clients. So. Yeah, it's funny because you know what I've really been yearning to be a coach like my entire life. Um, before it was a thing, I had this idea um, called Haven, which was like this. It was a physical place because it was before the internet was like, well, you know, when we were younger, the internet wasn't what it is now. So I had this idea of a place, but the main part I cared about in that place was having girls come in and having me to talk to about like how I can make their dreams come true and how I could, you know, help them fulfill who they really want to be because I wanted that so badly. So I really had this idea that I want to help women and girls in a one-on-one place, like my entire life. And when I saw coaching at a younger age, I was intimidated, you know, to, to do it. And then I just kept being intimidated. And then when I brought it up to my husband back, whenever it was, it was like, let's just do, you know, it's, he was still unsure. So it was like mental health counseling. And so I kept going in the counseling route then because it felt, I don't know, safer. Do you know what I mean? But I had this yearning, like I had literally a spreadsheet of coaching programs and I helped another friend who, you know, um, I gave her my spreadsheet of coaching programs when she wanted to be a coach. And I still wasn't doing it because there was like all this fear Oh, coaching um, programs to get like training to be certified yeah, as a coach. Yeah, because I've been had this idea for years. I've literally been looking up coaching programs for years. So it was only, it took me a long time to finally do step into something that I really always wanted to do, you know, which just shows what fear and whatever can right, hold you back. But um, it's really something I always wanted to do. And I feel like Hashem made it naturally evolve anyway. I did some coaching certification programs in the background of my life and I had my counseling degrees. And then with my students, I wound up coaching them anyway through first dating, like I said, and second, my personal development class, where sometimes it was a class and it wound up sometimes being a one-on-one coaching because that worked out better for people's schedules. And we wound up finding that's where they thrived because they got to have this one-on-one personal development experience where I was able to focus on their strengths and their weaknesses and talk them through. And we wound up coaching, right? And so it kind of became organic, which is really a process because I kind of always wanted it to happen that way. Do you know what I mean? Totally. That Hashem kind of evolved it organically for me. So it did. It still took like getting over um, that initial fear to put myself out as a actual practice, but doing it has been so, so amazing. It's really, really amazing to do. No, you should just know it's like to, to really start your own practice on your own. It's a very scary, intimidating thing. And uh... Like, I really look up to you for doing it and I'm so proud of you. I know it's something you wanted to do for a long time. You know, I'm an accountant, I'm a CPA and I've always worked for people, you know, big firms, 
now I'm at a family office and the thought of, I can't imagine working for myself. Like I need to work for someone else, you know? I mean, yeah. not that I can't do it. I hear that. And you know, what's funny is I always, even as a kid, it was like, I want a job where I work for myself. I don't know why I was that like, stubborn, right. but it's always my dream. I'm going to work for myself. And it's not easy. You know what I mean? I'm already seeing, you have to put up your own boundaries about like, for your time. I'm saying, cause if you work for yourself, you could literally think that you have to do something at every moment of every day, but it's so, so amazing how it forces you to grow. Do you know what I mean? It's not easy. Oh my God, for sure. A hundred percent. It's you know, I could see you having so much success with it. You know, you've helped me so much just listening to me, helping me through things. That personal development Chabura class that you gave, I love doing that. It was one of the highlights of my week. It really gave me some epiphanies about like what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are, that idea of like what my mission is, what's my area to fix up. And it was the springboard of really figuring it out how much like personal development is to me. And I've taken so many classes since then. It was, it was amazing. I'm so glad to hear that it like was so, you know, we've talked about it. So I know, but I'm so glad to hear how it propelled so much growth for you. Oh, it really did. So I just have to say something. I didn't realize this, but um, I only have the Zoom for 40 minutes, yeah. but we still have more to talk about. So I think what I'm going to do is right now I'm going to stop the recording and maybe we could do what we could continue and yeah. um, we'll combine it together for the podcast. Is that good? Yep. Yeah, great. Okay. Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at Gila Glassberg. Thank you so much. Have a great day.